Are we clipped in and ready? Yep. Yes. We're on it. Anita, lovely to see you again. Oh, so excited to be here. Oh, thank you for coming all this way as well, especially in the rain. It's all right. And you've had to park somewhere. I did. I did. Parking's a little bit awkward in Sheffield, isn't it? This narrow for a car that's this wide. (laughs) (laughs) How have you been since last time I saw you? Good. Good. Yeah, Yeah, all good. Yeah. How was your husband and Charlie Dog? Dog, Andrew yes. And She's we've, we've started agility training. Agility training for her. For, oh, I was going to say for Andrew. Or not for me. No, no, no. <laughs> who's for doing Andrew. this? Who's doing this he, agility? He would not do well at agility. No, training. Ah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, for her. Um, I thought it would be good for her because it mentally exhausts her, and she's actually learning really fast. What type of dog is she? Belgian? Belgian Malinois. Malinois, yeah, I thought so, yeah. And she's a, one of those, it's like a small Alsatian that's stereotypically a police dog. Yes. Is that right? Yes, they use yeah. them in Iraq and Afghanistan a lot, and a lot of police. Oh, well, yeah. They use them Sounds great. in America and here. <laughs> um, but she's stupidly smart. Yes. And finding that she's gaining confidence so fast and picking everything up really quickly and... I'm, I'm just really enjoying it. I'm just enjoying seeing her. And I run around and go, you know, jump, tunnel, and she's just... Oh, she's so just, like it, like I might have seen a dog show on TV oh, where they jump over little things and yes. you have to run over a seesaw That's and then it. through yes, a tunnel. She does, she does a seesaw. Whoa. So she goes over the little jumps That's that look cool. like miniature horse things and then through the tunnel and then through a tyre and round and over another jump and over the seesaw, which makes a really loud bang when it, her weight counter tips it and it goes down the other side and she's got to get on the end and her paws have to make contact with the white bit at one end and then she's got to stay on it till it tilts and she's got to go straight off the other end. Paws have to touch the coloured bit on the other end, not jump off the side. She can't cheat. She's got This is how for her to do it properly. She's got to go all the way over and stay on the seesaw even though it bangs down the other way. She's got to just straight over. Paws have to touch the coloured bit right at the end and then she gets off. So, is there a professional teaching her to do this? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I imagine so. There must be. Well, it's a it's a dog training club just at Robber it, Valley. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So she's, right. I mean, she's still a beginner. She's only actually had two sessions. But she's picking it up fast. Oh, fast. Sounds really, like and it. And getting so confident so quick. I'm very proud of her, actually. Oh, yeah, that's very proud so of her. cute, yeah. isn't it? That's so cute. Little girl. Yeah, she's a high-energy dog, isn't she? So she needs some tiring out mentally and physically. Yeah, it's really good for her because after the first week, she was... She practically went unconscious in the car on the way home. Oh, and slept good, worn all out. Afternoon. Yes, yeah, absolutely. That's what we need. Yeah, yeah. That's what we need. So, it's yeah. like wearing out a hyperactive child. Yes, Get indeed. Get them worn down. <laughs> <laughs> Get them worn down. Um, how's your back been as well? Because you've been having some back trouble, no, haven't you? I'm good. All good. Sorted. 100%. Recovered? Back to baseline where I normally live. Oh, so, all excellent. Because I know you were in some terrible pain, weren't you? For, for an extended period of time. Yes, it was not nice. This is a recurring back issue for you, isn't it? It's never going to get better. So I just live with it. Yeah, you do your exercises though, and you've got an, you've got a good body weight, and you've got a strong back as thanks, well. So you d- thanks to you. Thanks to you, thanks I think. To you. Thanks to you, you. I think you. <laughs> <laughs> you did it for sure. Um, but you've got you've got strong back as well, haven't you? You do your exercises. Yep. I saw you comment on my Facebook video. Face pulls are yep. the best. Face yeah. pulls, yes. Yep. I I think. I've only sent the picture to like about two or three people, but the the change in my upper back that you've helped me gain. Really? Been... Decent, good back muscles then? 
Yeah. Have I not sent you the picture? I know I sent it to Emma. Um, and I sent it. Oh, I don't know. Unless I've sent, forgotten. I'll send it. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. I can't. Really? How could I you? Know. No. Well, no. I sent it to my best friend as well, but I'll, I'll send it anyway. But I'm very, I'm very proud of. Like a before uh, and after. No, I've only got an after, but oh, okay, I'm yeah. very pleased with the after. It's Ooh. like what I wanted to achieve, and it took about eighteen months. It's not bad, to be but, fair. But but it was just all with your guidance. Um, yeah, and you tried really hard, didn't you? You were yep. adapting through lockdown. Yep. You were atta- you attached bands to your window and broke the window <laughs> by being too strong. <laughs> Ripped half the window off. All right then. All right then. <laughs> no, so I mean, you know, I did keep, I did stuff almost. I'd say ninety percent of the time in lockdown every day. Ninety percent of the days I did some resistance training. So. At the end of it all, I was really pleased just to have maintained my strength. I didn't. You, you maintained your strength fabulously. I didn't you? lose any, so that was good enough. You did better than me. I lost me. strength, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I trained also. Yeah. But I definitely lost strength. Yeah. By the time I'd gotten back yeah. to the gym. So. But now we're back on top form and power. Hey, hey. Yep. And now after uh, see, I've had a whole month off of doing, I couldn't. I was frightened to go back to the gym. Yeah. The first time was very, very wary, but. But I'm back, and even from the first session to the one I did the other day, strength picking back up. It comes back quickly. Of course, yeah. yeah muscle memory is a real thing. It thankfully. is a real thing. Yeah, yeah. it comes back. Yeah. It comes back fast. So yeah, no. I mean, I achieved my goal in that. You know what that was. So I'm. Um, I'm. I don't. Your bench press goal. Yeah. 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 So I don't want to. Good strength. I didn't want to go any further with it. I was. I just achieved what I wanted to. But now I'm just happy to just maintain. So yeah. Yep, and what was your maximum bench press? 60 kilos. 60 kilos. Oh, my God. That's absolutely raw power, isn't it? Um, I would say the average lady who doesn't gym can probably do 10 to 15. Really? Yeah. But yeah. most most ladies, when they enter the gym, they can't, you know, the, the long bars on the, the bench Olympic press. The Olympic bar, the they're 20, 20 kilos. Yes. Yeah, most yes. ladies can't do that. Most really? La- no, most ladies can't bench yeah. the bar. Um, okay. I couldn't bench the bar when I started at the gym. Yeah. I got stuck under the bar the first time I went to the gym no. and could not get it off, literally. No. I couldn't even do the bar for one. Wow. Um, a lot of ladies can't do the bar for one. So oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, I've yeah. trained so many ladies who, when I do, I do start them off on, obviously, press-ups and bodyweight exercises as well, but when we start moving over to the bench press, usually I get them to spin... The opposite way on the bench press so they're not under the bar they're the, the opposite way upside yeah, down on the yeah, bench and then i give them a small little the 10 kg like the 10 kilo a little one, 10 yeah. kg pre-made bars yeah and then they just practice with that for maybe a session or two yeah and then start bumping it okay. up so you're maybe four to six times stronger than the average lady Whey! It's, it's pure power that makes me pretty happy it's pure power yeah. It makes me um, watch my language when I speak to you. Oh. So, uh, I'm only kidding. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm only kidding. <laughs> I know. We've, we've come to talk on this podcast, though, about menopause. We have. Haven't yes, we? We have. Haven't we? So um, I've given quite a lot of thought about um, what and how I want to talk about it. Okay, good. Um, so I want to preface it by saying a couple of things. Firstly, um, I have 33 years of nursing yes. in my background, um, not particularly to female gynecological stuff, but it does mean that I have a certain baseline knowledge and I can also kind of read research and get a fair understanding of, of it. Um, and also I'm not specifically going to discuss my personal experience 
Um, okay. Firstly, because a lot of it's very personal, as you know, because <laughs> you know as much about it practically as my husband. <laughs> <laughs> oh, about, about you specifically? About me. Yeah, yeah, I know we've spoken um, about it before. And it, yeah. menopause is, I still think if you wanted to, it's still valid, your, your personal experience is still valid experience. Yeah, I, I might it, mention some things, but that's not what, pro- I don't primarily want to talk about my own. You've not come here to talk about yourself, aren't you cute? Aren't you cute? Um, Not really. (laughs) (laughs) I think you are. Um, But I understand what you mean because menopause, like most things, has massive interpersonal variability where it just doesn't affect any two people the same at all. Indeed. And anything that we're going to talk about today in terms of side effects or bodily changes or treatments or... It's just not going to be the same, really, for any two people. No. So what I do want to focus on is um, the general process and... The big picture of all the stuff that is never mentioned. Oh, okay. I'm and also in want this. to talk about some of the resources that I've found, which yes. have been extremely useful. And um, I did, excuse me, um, I can't even remember how or why, but I did find a group on Facebook, which I will mention. And I know you're quite anti-Facebook groups in a lot of, in some respects. I was going to say, because I run a Facebook group, so I can't be too anti. Yeah, but I know I, that you do have reservations about Facebook Facebook groups. For, in some ways, in yes. In some ways, yeah. In some ways, yes. Um, but the, I think in short, from joining that group, I have completely managed and resolved every single one of my menopause symptoms. So I physically, mentally, and psychologically now feel like I did pre-menopause. Amazing, well done. And that has had profound psychological effects for me mm. that have been all been positive mm. because I had a lot of struggles. Um, you know, a few years back, I was kind of floundering with it all and just thinking this, this is just shit that I never imagined mm-hmm. would happen or I didn't even know any of this would happen to my body. Yes. Yeah. So I did actually, <laughs> I've got my little set of notes. I did write some things down. Of course. Because, mainly because I don't want to miss anything. Um, so just starting off, a couple of general terms. Um, you hear perimenopause. Yeah. And peri okay. means around. Yes. Um, Pre and post. And yep, and then you all hear the P's. menopause itself and then postmenopause. So perimenopause means the starting of the transition to complete menopause, um, typically around five years. What duration. the transition takes. The transition, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's um, different for different people, isn't it? You know, um, this is a big general, you know, yeah. five, but it can be up to 10 years. Yeah, for sure. For some people, it's quite sudden. For some people, it's quite lengthy, isn't it? Everyone's an individual, obviously. Absolutely. Um, So various changes start happening in your body. And with retrospect, these things were happening to me, but I didn't even know they had anything to do with menopause because they weren't specifically Mm. related at all to periods or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, perimenopause, yeah, body starts changing, which I've got a whole list of symptoms to okay, go yeah. through because some of them are really surprising. Um, periods become irregular. Um, and as I said, you, you start to exhibit any, all, some of the symptoms of menopause. Yeah, so menopause, 
the, I think the average age in the UK for somebody enter, to enter menopause is 51. 51, yeah, yeah. correct. So yeah. the, and it's usually, usually comes on between ages of like 45 and 55, but yeah. some, some people can be before that. Yes. Some people can yes, quite start, early. yeah, before 40. I think mm. one in a hundred people mm. start changes before mm. 40. And then what we're talking about in terms of changes is it's hormonal changes internally, isn't it? Indeed. Like the ovaries stop producing as much estrogen and mm. it starts to slowly whittle itself down yep. testosterone levels can change and then this yep. has a yep. going to mention that later too good because it's yep. important isn't yeah, it? it is often 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 under i don't know what the word is i was going to say under looked at or under spoken about or not spoken about enough maybe isn't it nothing nothing yeah not often mentioned that much mm. um a little bit more in america these days i find but it's hormonal changes internally which then for some people um, leads to a downstream myriad of, oh. of effects, doesn't it? Or side effects, whatever you, effects or side effects, whatever yeah, you want to both. call them. Yeah, yeah both. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like you're saying with the period changing and other things like this. Yeah, yeah. Um, so menopause itself is defined by twelve continuous months without a period, mm. um, and then after you've hit that mark, you are categorized as postmenopause. Yes. So you've got the perimenopause when it all winds down, then your periods stop, and if you have no period for a consecutive, yeah. like without any breaks, yeah. um, no nothing for 12 months, then you're considered to have arrived at menopause, yes. So, and then after that you're post. Yes. Yeah. And postmenopause can be quite different for some ladies as well, can't it? Because some people get relief of symptoms, some people don't. It's mm. it can be another change. It can be a, it can be a phase that passes or sometimes not, can't yes, it? Yes, correct. Again, it's different. Yes. I was speaking to you reminded me of client stories all the all mm. the time. I was speaking mm. to a client a couple of weeks ago. She'd gone six months without a period or mm. something and then got another period. She Boom. was like, damn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm back to square yeah, one. Yeah, because she's thinking, oh, I thought, it, oh. And obviously it is, like you said, winding down is a yes. nice term to use. Um, but I just spoke to another lady literally yesterday and she said she, because I mentioned that we were going to do a podcast mm. about menopause and she said, oh, I went through menopause and I didn't even know. Far out. Just, she, she said literally no side effects, no nothing, yeah. smooth, didn't yeah. know anything about just anything. Nothing. Just yeah. um, Another thing that I read I can't quote a source, but I've heard that the earlier you start your period, the later your menopause start finishes. Oh, so okay. Oh, I'm, the, not sure. I'm not aware of this. The earlier you start, the longer you will actually menstruate. And, and that's fucking unfair. <laughs> <laughs> seriously? Seriously? Oh. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm not sure of that. And there is changes lately, isn't there, with um, girls starting um, periods and stuff like this oh, earlier. Earlier and earlier. Yeah, yeah. Um, and people are investigating a whole host of different reasons from body fat levels being higher overall on average mm. because body fat itself produces estrogen. estrogen yeah. yeah, so then this has internal hormonal impacts. But also people are looking at um, plastics and like estrogens in... Yep. Tox in like pollution and in foods and in food, all sorts of yeah, factors. and yeah, in all kind, just all these chemicals that are sort of man-made getting mm. into the body. And some people are thinking that this seems to have mm. some correlating factors. Yeah. It's definitely doing things to animals as well. Yes, um, I don't know if you've heard about this, but from 
estrogen compounds that we create and use just as humans leaching through the sort of the earth into the rivers and then getting into the oceans this is actually affecting fish and changing like wow. fishes in because they're in the water that then has estrogen in it. it's changing fish's actual physicality so what fishes are growing boobs or <laughs> i'm not entirely sure how <laughs> not entirely sure Hopefully how it works not. um i did see some information about um some sort of semi-androgynous frogs Ooh. Some like frogs that were half male, half female due to Ooh. hormones in the water that they were living. Something along those lines, don't quote me exactly. That's a bit frightening. It's having impacts on animals and humans, this is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. Yes. It, so yeah. there's all kinds of different reasons, yeah. isn't it? But I wasn't aware of the early, early sort of mm. period starting equals longer. Mm. Oh. Yeah, that's not fair, is it? Periods in general are just another thing that's different for each person, aren't oh, they? Oh, of course. Some people, yeah. crazy pain, crippling yep. pain. Yep. Some people, no pain. Yeah. Some people, long periods. Some people, short periods. Yep. Some people, mood impacts. Some people, no mood mm. impacts. Mm. Mm. Mine, mine, would, I'd, mine would dreadful. Okay. Dreadful. In in terms of what? Pain um, or? Heaviness and pain. Okay. And, you know, when you're, when you're a sort of a young teenager in school. Yes. Um. It's just tough. Yes. It's tough. I didn't yeah. know what hit me. No. Yeah, because, yeah, it was just all, jeez, I never thought it was going to be like this. It must be harder work being a lady than a man. I mean, I've never tried it, but... Don't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, from the outside, it seems easier being me. Not going to lie. Not going to lie. I'm so, and I, and I just think it's like, it's like a double whammy. You know, in general, um, you know, periods are not fun. No. Um, and then... This was something I wanted to touch on that myself, like probably the majority of women, they think menopause is two things, that your period stop and you think, yes, ah, yes. can't wait, can't wait. <laughs> and then the hot flushes, which is, y is yes. you know, it's, it's joked about. People think it's, you know, really funny. Do um, they? Yeah, it's oh. not. I've never heard anybody laughing at hot flushes, so I'm not sure. I'm not um, sure. But then that's literally, those two things are literally the tip of the iceberg of mm. what happens with your body. And all yeah, the they're rest just two it, external visible yes. symptoms. There's a million other things on the inside yeah, that are going yeah, on, but, even psychologically. But none of it's discussed. This was all okay. new to me. Mm. It was just, I mm. learned mm. along the way because it was just, just what, what, is, what is all this shit? Yeah, I guess people you know? don't really teach you this kind of stuff, do they? I why guess. Not? Why not? Well, I don't know why not. I mean,. I don't know. We're doing it. I'm trying now. We're doing it right yeah, now. No, we're, we're, we're trying. Yes, we're doing our we're bit. Here. We're, we're here doing to, our bit. We're here to save people. <laughs> Nobody else has got your back. We do. It's yes, one society. Yes. Hello. Yes. Lovely to see you again. Um, another <laughs> little thing I just want to say, um, in the post when you're officially postmenopausal, if you do have any um, kind of out-of-the-blue vaginal bleeding, mm. That needs to be investigated ASAP. Postmenopausal, did post you say? So after the menopause is done. Postmenopausal vaginal bleeding needs rapid investigation. Yes. Why? Because it could be just it could be something else. It could be some cancerous thing. It could be something else yeah, yeah. going on. Yeah. Interesting. So don't let don't if you are postmenopausal, meaning that you've fit the description of you haven't had a period of for twelve months or more, and then you do bleed. Yes. Um, See don't someone. just assume oh, it's a period again. Go get it checked out. Nice tip there. Yeah, it's, like, it's very important. important. Like really that. important. We want to emphasize that. That's yeah. what I've kind of put in there. That's powerful. Um, so the 
the, the menopausal symptoms, even though you're postmenopausal, they can still continue for yeah. quite some years. Yeah. Um, Definitely. Which again just sucks some more. Um, as you know, in my Zumba classes, I teach the gentle version, and a lot of my ladies are in their seventies, and some of them are Zumba in their eighties. Yep, Zumba Gold. Yeah. Zumba Gold. Um, some of them are still having hot flushes. Yes. So that's been like you know they they've been having them for twenty years. Have your hot flushes subsided now? Now I'm on the right treatment. They're almost completely gone. Almost completely gone. Almost completely. I've really, really had one, and they're not very bad. And it, oh yes, okay. Because they were absolutely the, vicious. That's the that's the word I always use to describe them. They were absolutely vicious. Yeah, I remember being with you many times yep. maybe at like slum society yep. group meetings or yep. just meet yes. for coffee yep. and suddenly yep. you were just sat here doing nothing and suddenly yep. you're just red and just yep. sweating yep and just pouring yeah just it's from the inside out <laughs> yes it's in, it's really uncomfortable yeah and it's incredibly embarrassing um it kind of starts generally speaking hot flushes kind of start centrally and kind of work their way up oh interesting okay um, and I could, I would, I mean, I went and looked at myself in the mirror, visibly, my whole chest mm. and face really red, like I'd just done a, like a, a, a whole Zumba class or something. Yeah. And, and just everything feeling like it felt like every single blood vessel in my torso and upper body completely and rapidly dilated mm. and then just the heat and then the sweat and the sweat used to just be. All of my arms, all my hands, all my torso, and um, bad enough to need to completely change my underwear and mm. my clothes. And there's been many occasions at home when I had, you're going to laugh at this, I literally, for just a little bit of relief, I actually went and stuck my head in the freezer. Oh, to cool yourself down? <laughs> yeah, just a yeah. bit, yeah. Because it was a matter yeah. of just stripping off and mopping all the sweat, and, and I had like a million fans everywhere. Not not the fans of like stardom, but uh, uh, you had a million <laughs> they, fans they, everywhere. Sort of fan, just we ev- love you, Anita. Every- we love you. <laughs> I wish, um, yeah, just just everywhere. And and Andrew was so well trained. It was just like if we were in the car or anything, I would just start like taking off my clothes, and he would like put the air conditioning on. Didn't matter how co- how cold he was it was like get the air conditioning on me or put the window mm. whatever you know mm. hideous so but now i'm on the the adequate and correct treatment they they're so rare and they don't they don't bother me that's lovely i'm really glad to hear that <laughs> not um, as glad as I am. <laughs> i'm sure and we will we'll talk about different treatment options yep. and stuff coming up soon i've just yeah. googled to see if I could find out what the cause of the hot flushes were, and I estrogen I, yeah drop, hormonal changes. It, it's it's a sudden drop in estrogen level, but nobody actually knows why yeah. the estrogen drop actually facilitates the hot flush. There's I've no, just tried to find it, out, and yeah, I also no, couldn't find no, a legitimate answer. There's no answer. The, the only answer that came up was um, hormonal changes leading to changes in body temperature control, which doesn't really which, mean anything. no. That just means that. That's stating what it is. Yeah, it's just describing it directly. <laughs> yeah, doesn't actually say. It's not a real answer, is it? Because you know, like body answer. temperatures maintained uh, is monitored and maintained in your hypothalamus or something, and mm. it's like, well, your estrogen level must affect that somehow. But yeah, there's no answer to that one as to the actual why. Hormones have such insane mm. sort of 
effects across the entire body, Absolutely. across the entire body, the effect. Well, well, let's continue with the symptoms and we'll see. What, and this is not even everything that it affects, obviously. These are just the things you can feel and that we can measure that change. Yep. Yep. But yep. in men and women, testosterone and estrogen and progesterone and all these different hormones, they have impacts on so many different mm -hmm. tissues and cells Absolutely. and yeah. change so, so many things. I just wrote a quick, sort of reasonably comprehensive list of all of the quick sort but of, comprehensive okay. yes <laughs> signs and symptoms um so you've got all you've got all the symptoms but you're going to read them fast is that what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> as fast as i can so hot flushes we've already um discussed yeah night switch which night sweats which for some mm. reason i didn't get so much but that okay. that bothers a lot a lot of women that's one of the very common ones and I didn't get that as bad and I is don't night, know why. Is night sweats then different to hot flushes or is night sweats a hot flush at night? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So I don't know. Insomnia, whether that's directly yeah, related to the night sweats and the hot flushes at night, I don't know. But but sleep problems is very, very com common. just common in general. Yep. yep. Depression and anxiety and yes, it's very common to for women I've literally um, been a part to hundreds and hundreds of women's personal experiences from this Facebook group that yes. I joined. Yes. Um, and the number of them who went to the doctor and who were just first, very first port of call was to be prescribed antidepressants when that's not what they need. They mm. need estrogen. Yes, or on the NHS website, it's also recommended as CBT as a treatment. Sort of talking therapy stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's an adjunct. It is an adjunct, yeah. 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 Um, because it's not changing the source of the problem. No. It's just and trying then, to counteract the symptoms. But Then you say, I mean, it's all this big web because when I go into the more specific genital problems that then possibly cause relationship issues, mm -hmm. it's it's all... It's a chicken and egg thing sort of mm. thing. But not primarily to just say, oh, you're depressed, here's some tablets in, in a, a woman with menopausal symptoms. Well, It's not the first line of treatment. I don't think it should necessarily or even, I don't even think it is necessarily the, the correct line of treatment. But um, that's what Pete, that's what in women's personal experiences of, that's what's in happened. this group, this is yeah. what's happening. It's quite common. Yeah, and it does happen to people that have got depression and anxiety in doctors without non-menopause related. Yes. Sometimes they go into the doctors to talk about it and immediately given tablets. Yep. And that isn't really the best way to go about Not it. Not always, no. No, sometimes it is. Sometimes it is. Sometimes yeah. it is, yeah. Antidepressants and yep. anti-anxieties and stuff, they definitely have a place and they're yep. definitely useful for a lot of people. Absolutely. But all also, there's other things that can be tried first isn't it because like well like we've said it fixes the symptom but not the source of the problem because if yeah. someone's feeling depressed or anxious the question is why? why it's not take this drug to stop the feeling it's why is the feeling occurring in the first place can we attack the source of the problem to yeah. stop it before yes. it starts going downstream yes. sometimes the answer is yes sometimes mm. it's no if mm. it's no then you're okay you have to go for the tablets yep like some people with depression and anxiety they have literal deficiencies in brain chemicals don't they so their brain actually cannot under normal circumstances produce normal sort of happiness hormones and yep. endorphins and stuff like this so okay yeah no amount of cbt in the universe is necessarily no, going to help this person there's, a place. there's medication like i have testosterone replacement therapy because yep. my body doesn't make it yeah so it's, it's actually it's a medication that's required for me if mm. that makes sense um so i agree there, there should be if you can, try, try maybe try other things first. I think yes. it's a good idea, isn't yep. it? 
Um, what else can we move on to? Joint aches and stiffness. Um, yes. Problems with memory, memory and concentration. Concentration. Yep. Yes. Um, also known as brain fog. Yes. <laughs> yep. Just to skip back though as well. Um, it is really important because what you've just said there about joints and joint pain, joint stiffness, um, muscle loss, yes. uh, bone density yep. loss. These yep. are these are all symptoms, aren't they? Yep. Um, because I think sometimes maybe men and women don't necessarily understand how estrogen f functions in the female body. It functions in in a similar way to how testosterone functions mm. in a man. Mm. The ho hormones in males and females do do not have the, they have some they have some same effects, but some differing effects. Yeah. And estrogen is related very strongly also to strength, isn't it? And to muscles and muscle and and bone density and bone strength, etc. So when estrogen's dropping. It's not only like you said. Oh, your period stops, and oh, yeah, every, everybody, everybody thinks about periods as well with like um, PMS or PMT yep. and like mood changes. Yep. But it's also literally impacting your physical tissue. Yes, it's like your bones and your joints and your muscles are actually being negatively impacted by this lack of estrogen. And I feel like that's underestimated sometimes or not taken into account. That was one of the <clears> things <throat> that I really wanted to make a point of. That estrogen is something that's needed or used or yes. has effects sort of basically in your your entire body. Yeah, in the entire body, yeah. Anywhere that you have mucosal tissue, mm. so eyes, mouth, nose, yeah. entire GI tract, yeah. entire genital and urinary tract, um, all affected by estrogen. Yeah, because also um, increased urinary tract infections is also a yep, got symptom. Got to go um, onto that, isn't it? Yeah, because it gets into, it, like yep. you said, it's 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 literally affecting all, nearly all the physiology and also the psychology at the same time. Yep. These changes, aren't yep. they? Yep. Um, where was there's, there's a name for for hormones affecting a wide range of tissues and I can't remember what it is. No, I, <laughs> I can't remember either. what it is. I've forgotten. It'll come to you. It's not it probably won't, but let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> Decreased libido, yes. palpitations, um, dry nose, dry eyes, dry mouth, um, anal itching. And then I want to then come to in 2014 and some American uh, body, I can't remember who it was, they kind of uh, put forward or approved or whatever you want to call it, um, a term, uh, G I think they, it was G-U-S-M, I think, or genital urinary symptoms of menopause. That makes sense. And okay. it's just a blanket term to cover all the things that women experience in throughout their entire genital and urinary system yes. as a result of the lack of estrogen. Yes. The list is long, okay, and it's it just it, it kind of it, it, it in one respect it just blows my mind, and in the other respect it just makes me so angry that these incredibly uncomfortable and life changing symptoms are so rife and. GPs have so little knowledge mm -hmm. about it. Um, it. It just makes me furious. 
It really, really does. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, so... Go for the list. Yeah, here we go. go. Go for it. It's long. Ding, 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 ding. Vaginal dryness, burning, itching, skin irritation, um, the entire... Uh, or you can... Everything doesn't happen to every person, but, you know, when, when you have uh, external and internal thinning of the mucosal skin of the labia the clitoris, the vagina, it, it all becomes very thin and fragile and dry and can tear so easily. Mm. Um, so that leads to or also decreased vaginal lubrication. That causes really painful sex, skin tearing, um, bleeding, uh, superficial, but because the skin tears, it bleeds. Changing and shrinkage of the labia and clitoris, and you can also get um, actual fusing of the hood over the clitoris to the clitoris. So mm -hmm. that just makes oh the <coughs> orgasm impossible because the skin's just fused. Um, so you get lack of orgasms, and you've got the low libido, bleeding with sex, skin tearing, and then all the urinary symptoms, which frequent UTIs, uh, urinary tract infections, um, urgency, um, mm. pain, passing urine, and um, you know having to get up to to wee six, seven, eight times a night, but feeling like you want to go, but then you can Sometimes only like just wee a few meals and mm, it burns mm. um thankfully <laughs> touch it, I, mean, I didn't actually struggle with urinary symptoms but you know there's women who are just feeling like insane with lack of sleep because they've been up eight and ten times a night trying to wee and you've got night sweats and hot flushes and insomnia on top yep god it's awful yep <laughs> yep um no so just a little bit of anatomy and physiology. There's estrogen receptors in the vagina, vulva, the musculature of the pelvic floor, pelvic fascia, the urethra, and the bladder. In particular, um, the inside of the bladder, sort of more towards the back, there's two openings, and they are where the ureters come down from either kidney Urine's made in the kidney, it comes down the ureters, so there's two openings, and the urine passes into the bladder. The urethral opening, which is the opening from the bladder to the outside, is more towards the front. So those three points, two entry points from the ureters and then one exit point um, down the urethra and, and to the outside, basically form a triangle, and that's called the trigone. Um, and that is the spot that is sensitive to how full your bladder is. And it's also got estrogen receptors in it. So mm -hmm. if you have a lack of estrogen, that doesn't function anymore. Hence, wanting to wee when you've hardly got any wee in your bladder. Um, you know, that area that used to function like, you know, when you had a few hundred mils in your bladder and you think, oh, I need to go. Um, that all goes out the window. Um, and then burning because, again, lack of estrogen too, and just all the general mucosa just makes it really uncomfortable. Um, oh, 
forgot I wrote that. Um, also, you get um, decreased collagen and, and elastin and thinning of the epithelium. That's the layer of mm -hmm. cells on the... Um, Come on, brain. Are you talking about across? Mu yeah, mucosa. That's what I was after. Are you talking about across the whole body? Yes. Or, or, yes. Or, you know, yep. with the col decreased collagen and stuff yep. like this. That's yep. what I was wondering. Yep. Okay, interesting. Yep. Um, altered smooth muscle muscle function, decreased um, in the amount in the blood vessels, and increased density of connective tissues. Decreased. So that all that stuff. Um, specifically talking about genital urinary symptoms lead to things like decreased elasticity of the vagina. So vaginal walls are quite convoluted, so they can stretch for birth mm -hmm. and intercourse. Um, so less elastic, um, a change in vaginal pH, um, which causes change in vaginal flora, which can lead to the burning, the itching, the stinging, um, the UTIs, um, all that kind of stuff. Getting more into the sex part of thing, um, if your if your vagina becomes atrophied, any anything that that atrophies kind of shrinks mm -hmm. and basically loses its color and its appearance and elasticity. So if you have a vagina that has atrophied so it actually can't stretch as much um, and there's so many women in the group who literally have not been able to have intercourse with their partner for months years mm -hmm. because it's too painful it, like something that that's not going to um, if the vagina doesn't sort of open which when you become aroused it, it does kind of grow so you've got space for a penis to move in and out or whatever you're using um <laughs> i don't care what people use no, do I. Well, um so if you if if you've got a tight atrophied vagina that just doesn't increase in size then intercourse is going to be so painful mm. that you just can't do it mm. so the you know put that with a decreased libido a lack of ability to you know suddenly you can't have an orgasm anymore mm -hmm. you can't have intercourse you don't actually really feel like it and it's got quite profound effects on people's opinion of themselves and mm -hmm. their relationship with their partner yeah um so many women same thing read so many people's experiences and the group that i'm in is a worldwide one it's not just a uk one do you want to shout out the name of the group oh or, yeah. yeah 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 not the best name in the world but it's actually called vaginal atrophy okay <laughs> on, on facebook yeah okay yeah. that's it, literally what you type into the search bar yep okay yep, yep. Uh, it's a worldwide group um so there are moderators in the group that are in the in the US and have specific quite uh, in-depth knowledge about sort of US medications. Mm -hmm. Then there's the UK moderators. There's some Australian ones as well. Um, and there's an absolute wealth of files and information that you can access in this group. It's that's what 
I basically managed my own mm-hmm. um, with no help from my GP. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's only because of that group that I'm in the place that I am now where I, I've completely reversed everything that I struggled with. Excellent. Yeah, it's just literally... Can't even say. It's just... Given you parts of your life back, hasn't it? Yeah, yes. Yeah, and yes, yeah. reduced a lot of physical and psychological stresses and impacts yep. you were feeling on just a day-to-day basis. Mentally, I was in a very, very bad place mm. and I struggled for a long time and I just couldn't... Mm. I, I thought there was no answers and no solutions and no way out and that mm-hmm. was how my life was going to be from then on and I just... Mm-hmm. It was shit, mm-hmm. really shit. Um, talked about that. So have we been through the symptoms then, or do we have more? No, that's 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 kind of the big overview. So we've been through. A, there's a lot of yeah. So the whole genital urinary symptoms, that whole group, and then the other things of the mood, libido, dry mouth, dry eyes, dry nose, all the all the other things. Concentration, well. yep. like we said, yep. brain fog, yep. brain fog, memory. Yep. Flipping bones, joints, muscle loss, weakness, <laughs> lethar- time, lethargy, yep. Yep. fatigue, insomnia, mm. pain, Yeah. flipping, <laughs> all of it, all of it. Not good. No. <laughs> it's not, like you would say, it's not a good time. <laughs> it's not a good time. It's not a good time. <laughs> it's not the same time for all ladies, like the no. lady I was speaking to two days ago. Yep. I mean... Wow. I'm good for her. Yeah, <laughs> nothing. Her. Yeah. Nothing. But she wouldn't even know that she, what she's escaped. Probably because it's just different for different people, isn't it? But most people don't even know this is even a possibility that it's I mm. I knew zero about any of this. Mm. I didn't know any of this was coming mm. my way or mm. even possibly could. Mm. <laughs> People are sometimes surprised that I know about these things, but it's just because my target market and the people I work with are yeah, probably on average like 40 to 60 year old ladies. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. not everybody that I coach, but most people that I coach are experiencing some sort of menopause symptoms yeah. at some point. Yes. Literally. Yeah. So, so it comes up all the time. You've heard lots of stories. All the stories, yeah. all the time. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm used to this and have yep. to... Not, it's not my job to deal with it, but I have to help people cope with it mm. sometimes. Mm. And when we come to treatments and things you can do to help, diet and exercise and healthy eating and stuff is a big part of it as well, along with sometimes medication and yep. hormone. Yeah, pretty much as, as always. always Looking yes. after your body helps. Surprise, yeah. surprise. Yeah. Who knew? Who knew? We did. Well, actually, you're right. <laughs> we actually did. And so do the listeners at home now. Yep. Welcome back to the Slum Society Show, ladies and gentlemen, where we tell you to eat better and move more. Yep. Ding, ding, ding. Yep, there it is. <laughs> there it is. So uh, one of the um, really important uh, resources I found in this group, um, and this is easily available, you just need to Google this and it'll come up, um, called NICE. Guidelines. Nice guidelines, yeah, of yep. course. We've talked about this and course, you, you yeah. know of these. Mm-hmm. So NICE stands for uh, National Institute for Health and Care Excellence. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can look up 
nice guidelines for hey, much they've, they, anything. They've, scre they've screwed it on the acronym, though, haven't they? It stands for, that doesn't say nice, what are those words that you just I know, described? I know. Say that again. What, that, does it, what does it really say? National <laughs> Institute for Health and Care Excellence. So they've, they've, That's NIHIC. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they've missed, I think they've missed a couple of letters just to make it a to nice, make it sound easy, cute, haven't they? easy word. It sounds like yeah. nice guidelines. Yeah, but, but it's, it's a NIHIC at least, guidelines. At least it's, <laughs> Yeah, that it? doesn't sound so good. Well, no, it doesn't roll off the tongue, but it's more technically accurate. But it's, it is easy, nice, is easy to remember. Sounds cute, man. Yeah. We'll let them have it. Yeah. Um, so I've not really used it for anything else, but I would assume that this is certainly not specific just to menopause. No, there's nice no, guidelines yeah, for all different health and fitness and yeah. loads of things. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, loads of things. So what you can... What you can find in the menopause guidelines are a whole a whole lot of kind of like flow charts of um, and basically the 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 standard of care that you should be able to receive from your doctor. Okay. In terms of diagnosis and <clears throat> treatments. Um, what's appropriate, what's not. Um, yeah, it's pretty much a, a gold standard of... Agreed. ...what the standard treatment that you are entitled to get. Yep, I use NICE guidelines. Um, pregnancy is one of my yep. speciality areas, and I use yep. NICE quotes sometimes and reference NICE guidelines yep. for things like this. They are a good source, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, it also, yeah, it tells you how your menopausal stage should be diagnosed. Um, and these guidelines, I mean, you can easily print them off and take them along to your doctor's appointment if you ever actually get in to see one. Um, and if they're, not, if they're not giving you what you feel that you should have... Mm -hmm. um, then you've got an absolute right to say, this is in the guidelines, I want to try this. Yes. Um, again, just because of the stories from the women in this group, you know, I had quite a fight mm -hmm. to get on the treatment that I'm on now. It took months. Same for me with my testosterone replacement therapy. I remember took, you told me that it, story. It took me years and yes. years and years and I years remember. and years. Yeah. And I had many arguments. And stormed out many times and told them to just charge me because I'm not even interested. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I remember when you were telling me my story, like early on in your story, I thought, why didn't they put you on testosterone at that at the at the point in your life when you were a teenager? It, it's a good question. I don't know. Yeah, that because that came to me quite early, and I thought that's not even my area of expertise and it's like why what why did you not get that when it was appropriate timing uh, it's like a very good puberty. yeah it's a very good question and then the types of testosterone that they gave me were not good or appropriate for me personally mm. they started me off on a gel which is common but it's not good yeah well for me anyway the testosterone gel wasn't very good no. it wasn't very effective and it was very awkward to use and then they put me on a uh, three monthly injection yeah and it was an, it was an absolutely huge injection um like four milliliters of oil like yeah. a full Ow. big syringe Ow, that's yeah. gonna hurt uh, the first time i had it i passed out yep not surprised the first time i literally passed out yeah um and 
I would get radiating spinal pain because it would be injected into the top of the glute muscle and then it would inflame yes. the glute and yes. the lower back yeah. so much that it would send like radiating pain for like a week yep. up and down my legs and stuff. Yep. And the hormone the hormone treatment of that kind just wasn't even working for me very well. Mm. It would spike my testosterone levels absolutely to ridiculously high levels. And that's not good. That's not really good. No. And then over the three months, they would, would drop, 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 drop. No, and I could feel... After it got past about one and a half months, definitely to two months, I could feel my energy levels declining, my motivation declining, my mood declining, my strength in the gym was going down, Mm. everything. And I just started to feel worse and worse and worse Mm -hmm. until next time they gave me the injection and it boosted back up. And I was like, I can't deal with this. That's not stable. No, this is not stable whatsoever. And they would blood test me and the the normal testosterone range is six to 30. Mm. Um, units not important, but you can tell six to 30 is a big flipping range. Mm-hmm. It's a big range. Mm-hmm. And bec- it, it, it would spike me off the chart as soon as I had the injection. And then, but because it didn't drop below six, but they said, all right, come back in two months then when you feel like you're not feeling good and mm-hmm. we'll test you. Because it hadn't gone below six, they wouldn't change it. Because they were like, mm-hmm. no, you're still, you're, you're still in the normal range. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, but it goes, you're spiking me off the chart mm-hmm. completely. Mm-hmm. And then it's dropping down to like a third of what it was. And, and the relative it's, difference. It's crazy yeah. spikes up and yeah. down. I could feel this. And it was impacting my physical health. And I've got, I've got stretch marks here on my chest because I was training in the gym and then they'd inject me with this testosterone yep. and I'd get a lot stronger for like flipping two yep. or three weeks. Yeah. At the beginning, I'd be making gains. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be yeah. making gains. Yeah. Get, but then it'd, then it'd yeah. start then to just off again. Yeah, yeah. filter back out at the end. Yeah. I just thought, that, and I had to have some right arguments to try and get a more mm. stable treatment for years and years and years, literally. Now it's better, but it was a fight, just like yours. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry for de- derailing the conversation. No, no, it's still relevant because, like I said earlier on, just equal parts of disbelief and anger that GP's knowledge is just so poor and this is 50% of the population is going to be experiencing this at some point. Yes, Sooner right. or later, it's going to happen to 50% of the people. You're right. Mm. You're right. Um, again, just just coming, just taking from people's personal stories that I've, I've read in the group. This, this is a, a couple of examples. This is what GPs have told people. This is quite common. Um, you know, people saying that they can't have intercourse anymore and it's painful and it's this and it's that and being told... Uh, even by a female GP, let alone a male, basically use it or lose it. So tell me, if your genitals, it was really agonising to have sex and your skin tore and it bled and it was so painful, would you want to have sex more often? No. Thank you. Of course you wouldn't. (laughs) Like... This is not a racing, this is not a car we're talking about, or I don't know what a good analogy is, but it just, you know, when the solution is oestrogen, not having more sex. Yeah, yeah, that's not, it doesn't make sense, it doesn't make sense as an answer, it's not really. How irrelevant and, and just fucking stupid that comment is. Yes. Just rubbish. Yes. Um, and not even 
technically correct. It's, it's, it's not, not even. It's not thought. It's not. In it's its, not going to fix it if you no, if you if you no, do it that more. No, it's not going like, to fix it. Let, let's 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 tear the skin more. Let's let's have more painful sex. Why would that help? Yeah, who wants to do that anyway? Why would it yeah. help either? Yeah, I know. It wouldn't, it's no. not going to help. No, probably just make it worse. It probably it might make it worse. Make it a lot worse. It might actually. make it worse if you're yep. actually injuring the area, mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. might impact psychologically mm-hmm. as well because it's just going to put you off more and more and more. Oh. Um. I remember this other woman, I think she was like fairly new in the group. So um, in the UK, I think the, one of the most, well, I think, yeah, one of the most common um, HRT treatments is a thing called estrogel, and it's an alcohol-based gel and just rub it mm. into your skin every day. Similar to the testosterone one I yeah, had. Yeah. Very similar. Um, so she'd been given that. Yeah. So she was doing that. That was all right. Um, I don't think she'd not long started on it. And she also had some vaginal symptoms, um, you know, the usual things of, you know, dry, painful intercourse, itchy, irritated skin and all the rest of it. Her GP actually told her to put that estrogel on her labia. When she's got dry skin and it's got alcohol it's in? It's alcohol-based. It's alcohol-based. And she, the GP told her no. to put it on her external genitals no, to no. help with the local symptoms. Okay. Which, really? which topical estrogen... Completely different. They are a thing. Yes, they're, they're a real a thing. thing. They're, they're a real thing, thing aren't they? They're, they're a real but, thing. But, yeah, they're real, but yeah. not yeah. alcohol-based when you've got dry, when you've got dry too, sore skin. They're two different, completely different things. No, 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 no. No, yeah. <coughs> no, no. <laughs> no. So everyone in the group went, don't do this. Don't even try it. Don't even try it. Don't, you know, okay. there's all these answers saying, please don't do this. That GP's an idiot. Um so there's those kinds of things that are going on. And these are not isolated things. These are so common. And and so moving on to treatment. So so the two kind of tenets are that you have your hormone replacement therapy. So systemic estrogen. Yes. You, it can. Uh, where did I write down? I wrote some notes on this as well. So it can be delivered tablets, patch, or gel. I don't know a lot about that. Okay. I'm on the gel yeah. um, that you rub in every day, yeah. um, and I think that's the most common thing. And I don't know a lot about the patches or the tablets, and there's contraindications for the tablets, or I think there's some specific clinical things, like if you oh, something to do with... Oh, no, if you've still got a uterus, you need... You might need progesterone as well. I don't know anything about that, not pretending to. Okay. Um, but so HRT, systemic, which means it affects your whole body. So it can be tablets, <coughs> patches or gel. Mm-hmm. So then moving on to... Uh, topical treatment. So mm-hmm. you can get... Estrogen cream that is specifically made for topical, meaning it's just for the urinary genital system, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, the concentration of estrogen in the vaginal cream for topical use is tiny. It's okay. minuscule <laughs> compared to what you get with your dose of HRT. Yes. So anybody, any doctor that tells you you cannot have topical estrogen with HRT is talking out their ass. They don't know what they're talking about. Okay, so that's incorrect, is it? Absolutely incorrect. Okay. And, you know, it would, would be like that's 
clearly stated in the NICE guidelines. And I don't know whether you know the answer to this question or not. I definitely don't. Does the topical cream have different effects to the systemic one? Because, you know, like, for example, you know, with the testosterone one, mm. if where you put it on your body doesn't really make that much difference. Like it's not absorbed in that kind of way. It gets into the bloodstream, then it has to go around and then it's absorbed still systemically. Mm. I, I don't know whether that's the same for the estrogen or not. Do you? The, the topical <laughs> stuff is completely different. So they're all cream based things. So... Yeah, so, so sorry, uh, what, what I'm asking... Sorry, did I, I misunderstand I don't know. I don't know if I explained poorly. Um, what I'm wondering, like, let's, let's, so let's say, wait, let's use the example of my testosterone gel again. If I put it onto the sides of my shoulders, mm. you don't build more muscle in the shoulders. No. That's not how it works. No. You don't, like, put it places, and then it doesn't absorb into that place and have localised effects. That's not how it works. Mm. You put it onto the body, then it absorbs into the bloodstream, gets distributed, and it still has systemic effects. Yeah. So I'm wondering, does the topical gel for the oestrogen, does it have actual localised effects on the place that you put it, or is it just ah. a different way of getting it into the blood and then it just has the normal systemic effect as well? Yeah, so the, the, stuff, the stuff that's kind of called... The HRT is you just rub it into your skin, the gel. Yeah. And and that works on your whole body. Yeah, the same as the testosterone one I had. Yes. Yeah. So the stuff that you use topically, yeah. meaning you specifically use that particular product for the genital yeah. urinary symptoms. Yeah. And that addresses that. Okay. Only. Okay. Yeah. Okay, thank you. That does yeah. answer the question. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. I was just wondering if where you put it actually made a difference or not, but you're, you're, you're seeming to say that it does. It's a... Yeah, so the... You know, everyone... Ha I had to work out my own regime. There's different kind of products that are available. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll back up a bit. So to manage the genital and urinary symptoms, um, generally speaking, people need three things. So you need an oestrogen cream. So note that it's cream. So it's cr it's it's a ointment okay. or a, cr a a cream sort of oil based thing. Okay. Not alcohol based. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, and I think the the one that's in the UK is called Ovestin, and it's a tiny, tiny, tiny concentration in comparison. I think it was something like. The dose of Avestin that you put on, no, if so, what did I read? Something like if you use Avestin every day, you wouldn't even get close to what you used in one dose of HRT systemic. That makes so sense. So it's tiny. Yes. Okay, so estrogen cream for um, internal vaginal um, application three to four times a week, and then you can use it externally every night um, and basically you, you can just if you especially you can like it's useful to put it on the urethra as well um, because various urethral symptoms the burning the stinging and all that stuff it helps that so you're gonna use the avestin vaginally but also externally on all of your external genitals mm -hmm. like 
um, all around the labia, clitoris, genital, um, urethra, like I said, vaginal opening, uh, the, if, maybe you don't know this term, fourchette, which is the where your vagina comes down and the skin kind of joins back again, the labia come down where they join back again at the bottom, that's called the fourchette there. That's where, that's the bit where that gets cut just there for when they do a episiotomy when you deliver. You're looking a bit shocked. <laughs> No, no, I just didn't understand the word that you said when you you said it's the bit that gets cut when what? Sorry, when when that's why I was putting a face. When when people have episiotomies, when they I, cut... I, don't, I don't know what that is. Episiotomy. Okay, um, when a baby's head's being delivered, okay, the vaginal entrance is like pretty stretched, okay, because the head the head's got to come out and then the shoulders. So sometimes to to avoid the skin tearing actual ripping and it can, you can have a tear all the way down to the anus if it's really bad okay so to avoid that uncontrolled tearing they, they do a thing called an episiotomy which is actually cutting oh. your eyes of water which is actually cutting so it's a controlled thing and easier to suture so heals better yeah. than a rip okay great Okay, so the fourchette is the bit where your labia comes down and joins together at the bottom of the vagina. Yeah. Right down. So. Um, it all sounded fine until it got sliced. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it was all going well until that point. <laughs> oh, I wish I'd have taken a photo of your face. That was cute. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, where, where were we? Um, you were talking about where to put the cream and you were describing oh, all yeah, the yeah, different yeah. places. Yeah, right. Okay, so all of the external genitals. And I think when the fourchette is an area that tears quite easily during intercourse when there's um, a lack of lubrication and, and stuff. So um, putting the estrogen cream down there as well helps. So two other things that you need, can possibly need, a general moisturising cream. Um, which you just apply externally. Um, there's several different ones, and that's really a matter of finding one that suits you. There's different brands, you know. Boots make one, blah, blah, blah. Um, there's stuff called Epiderm, Epiderm that I use, and they make a cream and an ointment. I use the Epiderm cream every night, and I accidentally bought the ointment by mistake, and I nearly was stuck to the roof. It was just... It didn't suit me. It was it hurt. It stung. Okay. But other people think epiderm ointment is the best thing ever. So interesting. Ep- same okay. thing. Everyone's different. You just you know it's a matter of finding the regime and the products that suit you. The third thing that you can use, which is really helpful, is um, there's a specific one made for um, genital application. The product is hyaluronic acid, yep. which you've probably heard of. Mm-hmm. It's in a lot of um, face skin preparations, moisturising stuff. Um, what happens is the stuff actually goes into the cell and it draws moisture into the actual cells so they plump up. So anything that makes the cells plumper is a good thing. Mm. So, you know, when you're talking generally about the gen- external genitals being atrophied and, you know, 
unlubricated and thin, fragile skin with est topical estrogen, hyaluronic acid and a moisturiser, you can actually completely restructure the appearance and function of your genitals to how they were before menopause. All right, list those three things again. Just Okay, topical estrogen. Topical estrogen. So uh, three to four times a week vaginally. You can also use the hyaluronic acid vaginally as well, which is useful just for general plumping up of the vaginal walls. Then those three things externally every night. Yeah, moisturizer. Hyaluronic acid yeah. and estrogen. Yeah, all yep. right, good. Just yeah. wanted to just reaffirm that yep. just yep. for people listening. Yep, so like I said, that with the hyaluronic acid and moisturizers, there's a number of different products. Um, yeah, where are, you gonna, where are people gonna get these things? Online, mm. Boots, mm. Amazon, what we say? All the of doctors, the above. All of any the, of it just widely available? The hyaluronic acid and the general moisturizers, you don't need script for either of those. Cool. You can just buy them, yeah, Amazon, yeah. eBay, Boots. Yeah. Uh, nice. The Epiderm that I use, I actually buy at the pharmacy in Tesco. Nice. Yeah, it's like cost three or four pounds. Pharmacies then have got these things on stock. Yep. Nice. Um, boots know. make their own brand of hyaluronic acid. Mm -hmm. Oh, the hyaluronic acid that I use is called Hyalofem. So it's H-Y-A-L-O-F-E-M-M-E. -E. That's just the brand name. Yeah. Yep. Um, so that particular regime for me of using all that external stuff and the topical, like the topical estrogen vaginally and externally, game changer for me mm -hmm. absolute game changer so if one person if this even helps one person well oh it's definitely going to yeah i hope so i it's hope definitely so going to. um also quickly wanted to touch on because this was relevant to me um personally the myth around hrt and breast cancer interesting yeah so as as well as that general belief that I had that was just like, oh, menopause equals period stopping and um, hot flushes, I also had the belief that because my mother has had breast cancer, okay. that I could never have HRT. Oh. That's a general thing that floats around and everybody believes it. Do they? Yeah. Oh, bullshit. I've never heard this. Well, bullshit. I was going to say, I've never heard this. Yeah. Okay. No, it's, it's not correct. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's well, not good. correct. Um, I just want to say that with the breast cancer thing, I'm going to talk about me specifically mm -hmm. because I don't want to say that everybody who has a first degree relative who's had breast cancer or anything like that to do with breast cancer, I don't know a lot about it, but I okay. researched for my individual situation. Yes. So... I had that belief that because my mum had had breast cancer, I could never have HRT. So that's why I just struggled for five years okay. and I was never offered it. Wow. I was I was told by the doctor, no, you can't have it. Oh, so the doctor told you that? Yeah. Oh. Um, so, little side note, other thing that I learnt from the vaginal atrophy group was that there are two, at least two in England, uh, menopause nurse specialists mm. You can self-refer 
Um, they are private, they are expensive, and I was lucky that we could afford for me to have a consultation. So it was quite a long and detailed consultation that I had. Um, like, if, if it's okay with you, can we say how much it costs, just in case people are thinking, can I afford it or not? Yeah, sure, it was £150. I don't think that's that bad. Well, I mean, that's just my opinion. The result for me opinion, was I was very it? happy to pay well, that. It was worth every, I mean, worth that, every penny. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, that's what, even if yeah. you have to save for a bit. If I it's know good. it's a lot of money. I, I understand that. And I know that there, there would be people that possibly couldn't afford it. But I mean, it's an expensive consultation, but... Bloody hell, it was worth it. Yeah, if you need to get your help, you need to it get changed, help, don't yes, you? Yes, literally, literally changed my whole life. <laughs> yeah, and I would say it is important throughout this conversation we've spoke about doctors a lot and it is it is important for people to involve doctors in anything to do with hormone changes you should contact your gp Absolutely. But, but then you should talk to the gp about it you should try and get them to help you but then like you said no, if, you, if no, you struggle you possibly will not get the help that you yeah need if you them. struggle if you can't get in in appropriate time if you're absolutely if it's running ragged on your health and, you, yep. and they say like oh yeah we'll see you in nine months mm. and you're thinking no then you can just go private this is mm. also a real thing you can also <clears throat> request to be referred to the menopause NHS menopause clinic, which obviously is free. Okay, interesting. There's that option as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, because like you said, like you were saying about GPs not having the most knowledge in this specific area, that is true, but there are specialists to be referred to. GPs yes. are kind of, they're called a general practitioner, yes. aren't they? Yes. They're not really... Um, they're not specialists in any one thing. Yeah, not, not well, assuming that the GP themselves hasn't gone hasn't done different jobs in the NHS, which a lot of them have. So they might have had prior specialities in different mm. areas. But yeah, their current job as a general practitioner is to basically assess symptoms and then either give treatment for symptoms or refer, or refer to special... On. Yeah, they either yeah. refer or give treatment for symptoms generally. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So if, if you're not happy with what the GP is saying, you can ask for a referral. If you're still not happy with that, you can go private and get it sorted elsewhere. Yes. Yeah. But I do think that... I do given... my testosterone private. Yeah, yeah. But I do think that given 50% of the population that a GP sees will eventually be dealing with some sort of menopausal thing, I think it's it's reasonable to expect them or at least have a person in the practice that has a little bit more knowledge. Yeah. Um, I'll mention the two nurse specialists as well, yeah, their please. names and please. the names of their clinics. But please. one of them has offered... Uh, it was just after the documentary that Davina, what's her name? Davina, Davina. McCall. McCall, yeah. Oh, okay. She did a documentary. Oh, she did, yes, about menopause, yes. That was good because it was a good starting point for a lot of different points of conversation. She didn't hone in on any one specific thing, but she covered a lot of general mm. things and it was excellent. Mm. But um, on the back of that, one of the nurse specialists, she is offering for 12 months, probably about nine, eight months now, Every clinic in the UK, a free training session Ooh. for one member of staff from from every GP's nice. surgery. Um, and I recommended that mine do it, and I sent them the link, and I would love to find out <laughs> if they you... did it or not, because I bet they bloody didn't. Anyway, you... <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> I recommend you brush up on your knowledge. Here's a link. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's literally exactly what I said. Amazing. I recommend that you do this. Amazing. Because there was there'd been letters going backwards and forwards, and they were refusing to do certain things that the nurse specialist had recommended and communicated to them, and it was just oh. bullshit. It was just bullshit. Oh. So, uh, 
One of the nurse specialists' name is Dr. Louise Newson. Louise Newson. N-E-W-S-O-N. And I can't remember the name of her actual clinic practice because I didn't go to her. I'll see if I can Google it now yeah. while you say the next one. And the other one is Diane Porterfield, and her practice is called Born, B-O-U-R-N-E, 2, number 2, Care. Um, sorry, I'm just Googling this. Yeah. Um, does she have a book called All You Need to Know in One Concise Manual? It seems. Louise Newson. Yeah. Uh, yes, I do believe she's written uh, some is stuff she, as well. Is she Yep. That'll be, that yeah. will be her. Launched yeah. by Dr. Louise Newson. Yeah. Um, menopausedoctor.co.uk. Yeah. A good URL. Yep. Good URL. Yep. Snag that one. So, and the other person is Diane Porterfield. Diane Porterfield. Yep. Okay. Mm. Uh, who I went to. Um, and, yes, her, her, her practice is called Born to Care. Born to Care. Um. So, yes, you can self-refer to either of these. You don't need your doctor's yeah, permission for sure. that. Um, and as I said, that was a, an absolute life changer for me, having that. Um, she, What she uh, asked me was, how old was my mum when she got breast cancer? Okay. And my mum was uh-huh. in her 60s. Um, she said, what's relevant is not that so much that you're first degree relative has had cancer it's how old they were okay. because the older you get the higher chance you have of getting cancer mm-hmm. that's i've i've actually I googled that and done some reading and it and i think by the time you get to your 70s it's something like you've got mm, i don't know it's one chance in six or eight or it's quite quite low of any type of cancer or yes, you mean breast any, cancer any, yeah like for any. men like risk of prostate cancer gets very very high as you start to get older and older and older and yeah, older yeah yeah so she said if my mum had been 30 and she'd gotten breast cancer, I probably wouldn't have been able to have HRT. But mm. she said she was 60-something. She said, perfectly safe. Mm-hmm. She said, I, she sent me some literature. I read it. I made the decision on my by myself. Not, Interesting, yeah. Not from because she said. Yeah. Um, so I did some reading and decided that it was worth, you know, it's so small, the increased risk mm-hmm. that... Also, you have to balance out a very small increase in the chance of me getting breast cancer because I'm using HRT, tiny, versus now I'm on HRT, I now have protection against osteoporosis and yes. cardiovascular disease. Those two things are huge. And stronger muscles and stronger bones and joints and stuff, and this is related with decreased all-cause yep. mortality and Falls, all kinds of stuff. hospital yep, of admissions. Dying hospital. Of course. So, tiny increased risk over here. Decreased risk in other areas. Two huge Mm. decreases in risk on this side. Mm. You know, it's a risk balance analysis thing. Yeah, one of my... Which I chose to take because I think it's... Yeah, and that's each person's personal opinion, isn't it? There is a tiny increased risk in breast cancer. That is true. It's because breast cancer is an estrogen-related cancer. So, if you've got continued levels of estrogen, then it... Obviously, it's a tiny, it's an increased amount. Yep. Um, that is a real thing. I am friends with a high-level um, female hormone replacement doctor yep. in the NHS, yep. and I've spoken to him about all. The, I've asked him a million questions about flipping 
menopause hormone replacement. Mm. Mm. Um, he says also that the earlier you can start the menopause treatment, the decreased risk of yes. all issues and side effects and cancer and stuff like this there is. He, he, he told me that what seems to be more of an issue is if somebody lets their estrogen drop down really low for a significant period of time mm. and then you start boosting yes. it back up, that seems to be have increased risk of side effects and symptoms versus somebody who notices it dropping and then just and starts nips replacing it. Nips it. it early. Yeah, yeah, so that it just continues where it always was. That yes. seems to be better than letting it drop and bringing it back. Yeah. Um, so his advice was to advise me to advise my people. Mm-hmm. Get and, it early. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you feel like you've got symptoms, go talk to your doctor, go start looking at your symptoms, you can get blood tests and stuff, they can look at your estrogen levels, there's a variety of things you can do, and if you want to give it a try, maybe give it a try early. Yes. And it's not a forever thing either, it's not like you have to decide you're on hormone replacement and then that's it, you've just got to stick with it until you die. You can stop if you want to. If you want to. Yeah, if you want to. Also, that's that's another one of those myths floating around that I um, subscribe to, I don't know why, that... Um, if you start HRT, you can only have it for a few years and then they're going to stop it anyway. Oh, really? I, see, I don't know where this shit comes from, but this was in my mind I've never heard well. of this again. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't and know. And it's just like, that's actually not true. No. It's not true. It's like, what are you going to... Okay. If, if someone gets, uh, you know, if they're an insulin-dependent diabetic, uh-huh. you're going to say, well, yes, you need insulin, but you can only have it for five years and then you have to stop. Hopefully not, because they'll die. No, because they'll die. <laughs> I mean, okay, so, you know, if you don't have... Well, it's the same with my testosterone replacement therapy. If I don't have it, I won't die. I'll just be really ill forever. Well, I'll die faster. And I'll just be... I'll have (laughs) decrease quality and quantity of life. I won't die now. But slowly things will decline. Same. And there's, you know, my understanding from, from what I've read and spoken to, you know, nurse specialist and so on, um, that you can continue to take... HRT into your very older years if you want to. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm well. I certainly intend to. <laughs> um, what else have I written? How are we going for time? We we can take as long as you want. It doesn't matter. We've been one hour nineteen currently. That oh, clock yeah. doesn't work up there, you know. Oh right. It's okay. it's literally always quarter to four in this room. You never age when you come onto a podcast with me. So it goes. Time wow. stops. Wow. I might stay here for a while. No. No. Yeah, you can camp here. You'll get no. a few extra days. It's always quarter to four I haven't got a pro- I do not have a problem with getting I just don't, older. I just don't want to take the clock down because <laughs> it's awkward to get it back up. I just yeah. don't want to change the battery, so I've just left it. It's just that's what time it is now. I like now. that idea. That's what time it is. Cool. It's always quarter to what it's going to be. Just a little thing on um, testosterone replacement for women, mm. which is a thing. It's definitely a thing. So, first of all, you will not be started on testosterone and estrogen at the same time. You have to be, you have to have um, optimal levels of estrogen first before you can start testosterone. Okay. Reason being, if you are lacking in estrogen and you are started on testosterone, your body will convert the testosterone to estrogen. Aromatization. Mm. And so the testosterone testosterone won't be doing anything because it's being converted so if you're started on hrt and you also feel the need that you um or feel like you would like to try testosterone um you need to be on you need to be on i think they usually say hrt for three months and then do blood levels and check where your estrogen is and if it's at an optimal level 
then introduce the testosterone. So testosterone's a bit tr a bit tricky in this country. Women can only be prescribed uh, the gel that's mm -hmm. manufactured for men. So, oh really? There's yeah. a specific one. Yeah, it's in a little sachet, uh, but you take like about what one man will take every day. You spread it out over a week. Okay, interesting. So small dose of testosterone. In Australia, um, go Australia. Um, <laughs> Shout out to the homeland. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's it. Um, they have developed a testosterone replacement that's specifically for women. Good. It's called Androfem. Uh, the anything to do with the NHS, uh, like even the menopause specialist, will not prescribe it. Yeah, it doesn't say anything about testosterone replacement therapy on the NHS website for no. menopause at all. Um, so if you want the Androfem, which is the specific female one that's been developed in Australia, again, it would need to be prescribed by one of the private clinical nurse menopause specialists that we mentioned before, and you also pay, and it's £100 a tube. Is it, and how long does a tube uh, last? Three months. Okay, so it's 30 a month or something-ish. Yeah. Yeah, so it's yeah. got a little cost to it there. Yes, yeah. yeah. So, but that, that, But it can also be a life changer. Yes, so that's an option if you... I think cut down one takeaway and then we're on the gel Yeah. if you want it. Yeah. Then we're on healthy eating yeah. and we're on flipping hormone there replacement. Here we go. You can't even get two pizzas from Pizza Hut for 30 quid. Dual, dual benefit. Here we go. See, I'm a thinking man. So I know, mm. I know this. Creating balance. So you've got... if uh, The testosterone helps with energy levels... Some some brain clarity, I think, and sure. also libido. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you've got two options. Or well, first of all, you need to have your estrogen at an optimal level. Then you've got two options. If you you will, depending on your GP, um, some of them might prescribe it, but most of them probably wouldn't because they think it's outside their area of expertise. So. If you wanted testosterone, you would need to ask for a referral to the menopause clinic if you want to stick with the NHS route, and you would be prescribed the male testosterone, and mm -hmm. you just have to adjust the dose, mm -hmm. uh, a small dose for, your, yep. for a female every day, or go the private health um, route if you can afford it, and you could get the speci women-specific testosterone if yep. you could afford it, as I said, yep. small, it's a... 100 pounds for a tube three months yeah testosterone is also massively linked to energy levels and motivation and yep. stuff like this as well so yep. it could combat yep. some fatigue and some lethargy and some yes. feelings yep. of just general just get get that motivation and energy and sort of drive yeah, yeah. maybe just get that back yep. up a little bit that yep. comes from testosterone yeah, yeah. And, drive. and libido as well which is definitely really important. libido yeah yeah, yeah. um Scanning the notes, hey? Yeah, I think that I've actually covered everything that I actually wrote down. Interesting. Hmm. I have some things to talk about that we've not mentioned just yet. Go. So one of the things I wanted to talk about was weight change and body weight change in menopause because this is one of the things that comes up in my life, obviously, constantly. People saying, oh, I put on 
two, three stone due to menopause or, yep. oh, everything was going fine until menopause, etc. So I just want to talk about menopause and metabolism and menopause and fat loss and weight management and how these are kind of different things, aren't they? Good. Um, what do you mean? <laughs> because because I, I can't, couldn't tell you how many posts I've seen in the group saying, you know, menopause equals weight gain. Yeah. Like it's something that you can't do anything about. And, and menopause might equal weight change because when your hormones change, your water levels can change. Mm. You can change water retention levels. But mm. unless you've got a significant different medical issue with water retention somehow, nobody's blown up like a water balloon from menopause. You're not putting on a stone or two stone or three stone from water. This is not real. No. And there's, there's no hormonal changes that are going to impact metabolism in any significant way because you can't break your metabolism no thankfully you can't break it and when i work out people's calorie maintenance levels and calorie intakes i do not ask people how old they are Mm. partly because it's impolite to ask a lady her age no it's not i'm completely kidding i know (laughs) if if it was necessary to the science i'm proud of my age oh good that's excellent yeah um no i was only kidding um, mm. I don't ask males or females their age when you work out people's metabolisms because it's just it just doesn't really make much difference. No, it makes a tiny, tiny difference in some people, but not all people. Mm. There are lots of different calorie calculations you can do to work out how fast people's metabolisms are. A couple of them take into account age. A couple of them don't. They all pretty much yield the same numbers anyway, showing that it's not really a major factor. Yep. So can your weight change due to menopause? It can. Mm. It can. You could... It, you could gain or lose you could even lose water retention because as estrogen drops water retention actually drops down so it could it could be either way really but how is it affecting your metabolism no has menopause gained anybody body fat directly no so if you've hit menopause or are going through these changes and you're gaining body fat this is not due to the menopause this is due to your calorie intake being too high can the menopause cause the calorie intake to be too high yes it can in the ways of insomnia in the ways Mm. of um, Depression, yes, different, different, yes, different moods, different fatigue, brain fog, decision making fatigue, lowered motivation, lower energy levels, all those symptoms all those that we just things. said making you feel like shit. Yes. Can that make dieting harder? Hell yes. yes. Can it make you want to more emotional eat? Yes. Yes. Can it we make, know this. Yes. yes. Can it make controlling emotional eating more difficult? Yes. Of course it can. Can it make exercise more difficult when your joints are hurting? Yep. Yes. Of course, it's flipping can and you've got no energy and you've not slept well. So now you're craving carbs and you feel like shit. No, mm-hmm. you don't want to exercise because screw that. Mm-hmm. And your mood's also bad. Yep. You know, so can it can it screw people over indirectly, massively? Mm. Is it actually, though, affecting people's metabolism and actually putting them on body fat in a way that they can do nothing about it? No, not no. necessarily. Not really, not, not necessarily, really. no. So I just wanted to mention that mm. whether you're pre, post, perimenopausal, yep. it's post, yeah, any of it, it's not, all hope is not lost. No. You can still slim down the same. Might you find it slightly different? Might, yeah, you might do. People's hunger levels change sometimes with menopause as well. Mm. Hormonal changes can affect hunger levels. Loads of things can change. Loads of things can change, but you can still slim. We have people in the group slimming pre, peri, post menopause. No menopause. Any any menopause you want. Come on, come on down. <laughs> come on menopause. down. Yep. Um, so that's the thing. I want one thing. I just wanted to mention mm-hmm. for um, a little bit of motivation for people. It's it's not gaining your body fat, and you can slim down, and you can eat healthy, and you can still exercise, and you actually should. Um, healthy eating can. And exercise can attenuate some of the symptoms of menopause. It actually says on the NHS mm-hmm. website yep. that, and in, yes. the, and in the guidelines and all this kind of stuff, that healthy eating and exercise is a massive impactor towards mm. it. 
why is that? Because health eating and exercise, eating the correct foods and keeping your body weight in a healthy position helps hormonal management overall. Mm. Doesn't it? It just helps your body. It helps be everything. Yeah, it just helps everything. Yeah. It helps your body being a healthy position. It's also reducing other stresses on your body, which might, like if you've got obesity or diabetes or weight management issues, and this is causing you either physical or psychological negative impacts in some way. And, and so you're feeling poor already and you're not sleeping well and you've got crap energy yep. and you're not fueling yourself well. And then you've got menopause on top. Yep. Oh, it's, sometimes it's just all too much. Sometimes we yeah. just, yeah, sometimes just some healthy eating and exercise. Maybe it's not going to fix the menopause. That's, that's not no. how it, but, but can it get your body to be stronger and in a stronger position? Yes, it can. Mm-hmm. Can it reduce some of the estrogen changes that are coming from the body fat, not the menopause? Yes, it can. Yes, yes it can. Yeah. Can you can you reduce other stresses and pressures that your body's feeling that might be coming from incorrect food or lack of exercise? Yes, you can. You can boost your energy levels up through exercise. You can boost your bone density up through good calcium intake and yep. through protein intakes. And you can attenuate some muscle loss with a good protein intake. And you can not fix the symptoms, but you can kind of hopefully counter some of them mm-hmm. and just stay a little bit healthier and just give your body a little bit of a better chance. Yep. So you know me, I've always got to say some shit about healthy eating and exercise. Absolutely. And I would like to just say that I... It's just gone for probably no. It's a bit over four years since I since we met and I joined. Oh, lovely! Yeah, lovely. Um, so I was fifty eight then. Yes. And thanks to you, I got down to weigh the same as what I did when I was in my twenties. Yes. And and you were having hot flushes. And flipping insomnia. Yeah. You didn't sleep for goddamn years. Which is <laughs> yeah, it's not a. Do you sleep better good, now, or is it still a, an ongoing? Um, mostly, mostly fixed. A little most, bit, a bit better, is it? Oh, I know you were. No, 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 a lot better. A lot better. Okay, a lot good. Because you yeah. didn't sleep for. We were, we were, we were actually one of the weight management struggles we were having was to do with your sleep, wasn't yes. it? And then when the sleep started to get it, we we started to do sleep management. Obviously, you've started your hormone replacement therapy yep. and stuff, and we tried different tactics to do with sleep, didn't we? Yeah. And we had to actually work on this for a, a mm. good amount of time mm. to start to get it under control. But but I I. So, yeah, four years since I've been with you and in the group and I'm still weighing what I did yes. in my 20s. We'll weight maintenance, we'll weight management. Here we go. Well, long term, baby. Yes. We're not just slim for summer. I'll We're slim you. for life. Here we I'll go. Tell you. Six steps to slim. Never leaving this group. <laughs> Never. Um, I hope so I, fucking stuck with me. <laughs> good. I, I hope so. And to everybody listening, um, you're one of the supporting coaches um, yep. in the Six Steps to Slim group, um, and also one of my adopted mothers. Yes, I am. Um, yes. <laughs> and look after my son. Yes, look after me, don't you? Not only in business but also in life. Yes, I try. I try. <laughs> you help me and help me look after my people, and I really do appreciate it. Mm. Um, so, weight maintenance and weight management still a possibility as proven by the beautiful Anita in front of me. Um, another thing I wanted to mention is loads of bullshit supplements that don't do anything really. Oh, yes, please. Yes. Like black cohosh, for example. And people at home are going, oh, no. Now, now people are melting. Mm. They're turning it off right now, the podcast. No, don't talk shit about... I'm gonna t- you know what else I'm going to talk shit about? Evening primrose oil. Ah, oh, this Go is going to upset some people. Yep. But people it, love... It People love their, e- I was going to say EPO, because that's sometimes what it is, but EPO is a flipping injectable yes, steroid. Yes, it is. Yes, it that, is. <laughs> that, like Lance Armstrong uses. Not, um, yes. The cyclist guy. Erythropoietin. Yeah, yeah, increases your red blood cell count. Yes. 
makes does. you go for longer. It does. Also gives you flipping heart attacks and blood clots. And yes, it does. Increases your blood pressure like crazy. Yes, it does. You will yes. die. Yes. Don't do it, ladies yep. and gentlemen. Don't no, don't do, do it. Um, so but, anyway. But is it like is is there any great harm in trying no. evening primrose oil? No, because it's just an oil. What's it going to yeah, do? I never try. I mean, I didn't try any of that What's it going to do? Stuff. It's nothing. It's just an oil. No. It's not even a, it's not even a special fancy oil. Mm. It's literally it's just an oil like any other. It's similar to mm. olive oil. Does it have good properties? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it does. Honestly, it has lots of different oils have healthy properties. We could pull out properties of olive oil. We know mm. olive oil is healthy. Fish oil. Oh my god. Yeah. Omega threes so healthy. Yep. yep. So is it does evening primrose oil have benefits? Sure. Mm. Is it going to do anything to menopause? No evidence really. Mm. No evidence particularly. Um, black cohosh, people love it. No real evidence, unfortunately. Mm. This is a plant. It's actually Native American medicine. So we're like okay. shamanistic voodoo yeah. now yeah. Um, if we're using black cohosh. Um, what else is the flaxseed? Some people think um, this is again due to like omega-3s and alpha linoleic acid and stuff like this. Is it good for you? Yes. What might you feel better? Maybe. Is it to do with the menopause? Probably mm. not. Probably you've just got omega-3 deficiency and you should have been doing it anyway. I did just, can I just interject yeah. something that just popped into my head? Um, I did read a study. Um, apparently, Japanese women have very little issue with menopause. Okay. And it's this thing that I read, it was... Um, attributed to um, soy, the amount of soy protein. Interesting, they, yeah. I was going to mention they, soy in a minute. Yeah, that they have yeah. in their diet yeah. their whole life. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I have no idea if that's true, to be honest. I have no idea. Um, soy is a like a phytoestrogen. It mm. is an estrogenic compound. Um, it does have mild estrogenic effects inside the body. Mm. Can you consume enough soy though to actually flip in hormone replacement yourself? Hormone replacement therapy? Not really. You no, know. and and I don't I don't think that it. Like if you hit menopause, you can't start eating like soy or no tofu the, every day and think you're going to fix no, it. But there's no menopause their diet. diet for their entire life is is generally quite high in that. Then yeah, maybe they're making some correlation Those between that. Those enemy beans—they flip in, love them, and, they and go back um, for it. And minimal menopause symptoms. Apparently, generally speaking, they don't have very bad menopause. Yeah, I'm not aware Just of this. Interesting. Maybe, maybe it is the soy. Maybe it's genetics. Yeah. Maybe no one knows. Yeah. Maybe it's a yeah. coincidence. Yeah. I'm not sure. Um, but there's no evidence in general for like menopause symptom relief from soy. No, even though it is an estrogen and it does mm. have mild estrogenic effects and stuff like this. Um, like there's a lot of stuff like men sometimes avoid soy because they're like, oh, it's like an Easter. No, not really. No, it's flipping healthy. You'd have to have, you'd have to be like getting soy protein or soy powder and consuming like buckets, buckets of it of per it. day yeah. to like make any like significant impact at all. Um, what else? Oh, red clover is another one. Oh yes, I think. Yeah, I'm that people use. Yeah, that, yeah, there's there's no real evidence for this. No. No, not really. I mean, there are, there are studies like with the black cohosh thing. Some people are like, oh, yeah, but there's studies showing that it was better than placebo. There is. But there was also two studies of 8,000 women and it showed no effects whatsoever in mm. pre, peri or post menopause mm. at all. Showed no effects, no better than placebo at all. Neither did soy, neither did, I can't remember any others to be honest, but there's, there's no menopause diet. There's nothing you can buy at Holland and Barrett really. And to be honest, even if you... Could, even if these things did impact your hormones, 
Number one, that would be an issue because hormone levels are a, are a sensitive thing that have been hormone levels have been created over thousands of years of evolution. Mm. If you could just eat a bit of soy and it mm. started messing with your hormone levels, this would be a real issue in day-to-day -day life. Yes, it yeah, would. You know, yes. throughout your entire life. Yeah. If you come across a few Edamir beans and you start going down, oh my God, yeah. your, your estrogen levels start getting too high. Mm. The systems are not this sensitive. Mm. Um, but even if you could, like you can buy stuff like on the internet and stuff that will change your estrogen levels. You shouldn't do it without doctor's supervision. So even if you can find things like supplements and stuff, and you take enough of them, that it has some impact on your estrogen levels. Mm. You're messing with your hormones without supervision of anybody that knows what they're doing. Yeah, no, you I, need wouldn't to, be, I wouldn't it, be doing that. It's a bad idea. You need to either just go to the GP or go to the private people you've recommended yep. and just actually get people involved. And then if they say, yeah, try it, and then they're watching you yes. and doing a few tests on you and seeing that you're all right, go for it. Go for it. Add it in. By all means, it's not going to hurt, like you said. No. Bit of evening primrose, bit of flaxseed. Um, oh, ginseng. Is another one flipping. Oh, not heard that. Yeah, Q. I don't know how you say Q I in like chi. Is it or? I think it's chi. Chi gong. Yep. Flipping chi gong. Yep. It's like Asian ginseng mm. or even I think normal ginseng is also Asian, but it's, so it's double Asian ginseng. <laughs> not even sure how it works to be honest, but it doesn't work for menopause either. No. Not really. Is ginseng good? Yes. Does it have impacts on the body? Yes. Does it have effects? Yes. It's like. Oh, what does it do? I don't it's, even know. It's like it's like all different foods. All different foods have different positive effects, mm. couldn't they? Like you could say, what does a flipping banana do? Loads of positive things. Mm. It's got loads of vitamins and minerals and yeah, stuff a bit in of it. Potassium. Yeah, a bit of this, but yeah. everything everything has effects. Mm. Like the evening primrose oil, does it do things? Of course it does. Mm. It goes into the body. It gets absorbed. You could pick out. Oh, it's got this bit of fat that has this little bit of impact on the body. But what's it doing overall? Eh, you know. Um, and there's just overall there's no real evidence that any or all of these supplements have none of them have been conclusively show, been shown to actually do anything mm. the things that you've been talking about have oh. you know the actual replacement yes. therapies the actual creams the actual moisturizers yep. the actual body weight management the healthy eating the exercise these things can actually have positive impacts you need to do all those first and get doctors involved and see what's going on and do all the right things then all right if you want to add on some supplements from your holland and barrack because it makes you feel good all right yeah. All right. But we need to be using the actual proper tools first, don't we? Yeah. So um, the whole process of trying to, just for me personally, um, figuring out this regime, it, it took several months mm. for things to have effect. It's not kind mm. of like a yes. quick fix. No. It takes months for things even, to... Even hormone replacement therapies themselves take a yes. while to settle in, don't yep. they? Into... But for things to start reversing, start restructuring, start improving, you know, the yeah. improvement in your yeah. um, mucosa, wherever yeah. you're having issues, genitals, yeah. urinary, yeah. whatever. Yeah. takes quite a while just to sure. get everything sort of back to comfortable level but just I, I found it heartbreaking of, of just women who they've got so many genital urinary issues and symptoms they can't wear jeans anymore they can't wear underwear anymore because it's too uncomfortable it's mm. too painful it's mm. too whatever mm. um People have had to retire because they couldn't sit at their office desk anymore because they're just too uncomfortable to sit. I mean, you know, I kind of feel like I got off quite lightly when I read some other women's stories, but but this stuff is, it's more than just something that's a bit annoying and a bit uncomfortable. This is stuff, 
women women in this group have said, I don't know how much more of this I can take. I, I, yeah. I'm suicidal yeah. because I'm in so much discomfort and pain and this and that and the other, all, all the stuff. Insomnia, depression, all the, mm, yeah. just all this cycle. Just, and then, you know, maybe you've got a breakdown in a relationship and, and, you know, to to any man who leaves their relationship because their partner or wife is unable to have intercourse because mm. of issues like this, well, mm. fuck you. Ah, <laughs> I get told. Really? Yeah. Really? <laughs> ah. um, I know my husband will not watch this, but, ah. I'm, you know, I've been so so lucky because he's been so incredibly patient. Um, you know, he's been really supportive and really helpful through through all this. Amazing. So, yeah, but as you should expect from your partner. Well, you're together to try and move forward in life together better yes. than you could do separately. You're supposed to support each other, aren't you? Exactly. If you're better or for worse, the vows said. So let's go. Yeah, I think, I don't know if we said, well, I don't think we said that, but yeah. Well, it's a good but, job he believes it anyway. <laughs> he's still in. He's got, he's got it still. Yeah, so thanks, pal. Yeah. Is there any, any concluding statements you want to make then at the end? Any final thoughts or summaries? Um, I think that I almost think maybe there's there's a there's a, a, some feminist angle to this as well. It's just like these women's health things. Why are they just not discussed? Why are they just brushed away why are they just not forefront in in people's doctors you know practitioners whoever's it's just why is this stuff not important because it's 50 percent of the population who are going to go through this um you know i know that you know 30 40 whatever years ago you know no one talked about miscarriage that's changing. Um, the difference in my in um, personally, me, my generation, as to the next generation in my family, the difference in sort of sex education. Um, mm. You know what I was told, which was nine tenths of nothing, um, compared to I know what my nieces and nephews have. Okay. Have had that's changing. Yeah. Leaps and bounds. Yeah. Um, but this the whole menopause thing, it seems like it's the last thing that's kind of shrouded in kind of, Bit of a mystery or, or it's yeah. just it's just you know, it's just not talked about. Yeah. Except by us. Except by us. We're here right now talking about We're it. Doing it. People listening, we've done yeah. the damn thing. We don't care what other people talk about. We've got what we want to say. Yep. And we've got the people willing to listen. We're yep. here to help if no one else is at least. Absolutely. Aren't we? So yeah. mental health as well recently over the last that's couple another, of years. Yes, that's has another thing. Come yes. forward into being yes. kind of more open to talk about. Especially since the whole lockdown thing, because it's yes. just become more And it's good. These things I need know, to be it's discussed. Fantastic. I've, it's fantastic. To be honest, I've re- I've really enjoyed this podcast. I think it's been amazing. It's been nice to talk about something a little bit different. Mm. Definitely. I always love talking to you anyway. Well, but Yes, we could talk for quite a 
a number of hours yeah. about a number but, of things. But this has been a nice topic and there's already been so much interest, so many people um, just that I've spoken to or in our Six Steps of Slim group have said, oh, I'll give that one a listen. Good. Because yeah, maybe people don't want to talk about it, but they do want to listen and they do want information. All these ladies, yep. don't they? They're and struggling in silence sometimes. Anybody, if anyone wants to private message me, go right ahead. I'm happy to chat. Uh, one of the ladies in the group, we had a little chat on the phone about a couple of things the yep. other night. I'm more than happy yep. to direct people to... Um, you know, anywhere they need to be directed to, whatever they need help with. Got a question, yeah. shoot me a message. On Facebook, you talk. are Anita Zumba Grant. I am. Yeah. I am. Um, Giveaway in the title. Or you could, <laughs> um, if they can't find you for whatever reason, you can find me on the Slum Society yep. Facebook page or at slumsociety.co.uk and email or message me and say, hey, you want to speak to Anita? Yep. If they just can't find you for some reason, and then I'll yep. direct them over to you. Absolutely. Thank you. That's a really nice offer that you've put out there. More than happy. Um my concluding statements would be, number one, don't give in against this menopause and don't feel like there's nothing you can do about it. Yes. I would say fight against it. I would say if you're feeling negative, don't compound your own negativity and don't give in and don't let it beat you down. Try to create, or try to attack the negativity and create alternate positivity as well. You can attack the negative symptoms you're feeling with moisturizers and creams and replacement therapies. Yep. And you can create alternate positivity by also being healthy and being active and trying to get your body weight into a good position. It's not fixing the menopause, but it's fixing other things, it's which all, yeah, it's all... It's all moulding together. If you don't get what you need and what you want from your GP, don't be brushed under the carpet. Don't be just yeah. pushed aside. Your PE taxes, the GP works for you get, technically. <laughs> get you, know, you can write letters of complaint. You can um, request referrals. You can ask to see another doctor. Yep. You can use these nice guidelines yep. as, as your guidelines to ask questions and to say to the doctor, why aren't you doing this? This is what's recommended. Have you even read these guidelines? Read them. Mm. So, you mm. know, it's very much for me, this personal journey has been about educating myself and mm. going out and finding, trying, getting what I need um, to actually be able to go forward with my life. Amazing. Yeah. Um, the last thing I would say as well is if you're experiencing terrible menopause symptoms, it's normal. I think people sometimes feel like there's something wrong with them. Oh, and Jesus, I did. I know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe maybe technically there is. Okay, maybe you've got hormonal changes occurring. You could class it as a hormonal deficiency, etc. Sure. But it's also normal. It's also natural. It's not that you're broken if you're experiencing menopause. No, it's no. a natural thing. It's it's being created by evolution to go through these cycles. So if you're mm. experiencing this, don't feel like, oh, there's something wrong with... No, you're normal. It's normal. But that does also doesn't mean give into it. It also doesn't mean just accept it. No, you don't have to... No, we, no there's, there's lots we can do about it. If it's having negative impacts on your life, you don't have to put up with it. You don't have to put up with it. I did, I did have a little um, mental... Wondering to myself the other day, why don't men have the equivalent? From an evolutionary and a genetic point of view. Yes. Um, men's bodies are a lot simpler than females. Um, there's not the same hormonal cycle throughout the entire life as the like women mm. have the menstrual cycle with constantly fluctuating estrogen and progesterone mm. levels changing. Mm. And then the menopause occurs where the estrogen drops down and these changes occur. Men just kind of 
through adolescent testosterone levels goes mm. up and then unless you don't look after yourself it mm. kind of maintains until you're I, about i suppose it's probably got something to do with the fact that women are born with the number of eggs that they have and the quality and the number decrease over time so that by the time you're say halfway through your life for, for argument's sake you have a low number and a low quality mm -hmm. of eggs so you don't you probably just generally you could say that your body's probably not up to reproduction maybe that's the that's the reason. But. Yep, that would make sense as a reason. I would also mm. say that throughout um, ancient human history, when we were hunter-gatherers for about the first 299,000 years of human evolution, mm. um, average lifespan and expectancy was only 35. Mm. So pe people overall, this is like this is now why we're getting like increased cancers and like yeah, because we're living so much longer. Because we live so much longer, mm. people. If we, if it was me and you running around in flipping grass skirts with spears. <laughs> It depends if you even make it to the age to get to menopause. So yeah, you're right. Maybe it's a... A lot of them wouldn't have even known that menopause even happened. No, because you get eaten by a tiger when you're 29. Right. Exactly. You fall over, break your leg, you get sepsis and you're screwed. <laughs> you know? Or I got cancer when I was eight, didn't I? Yes. So I would have just, throughout... Science literally saved me. Yes. I, otherwise, I would have gone down in history if I was born even 10 or 20 years earlier. Mm. Oh, he was just an ill child. Yes. You know, children that just died. In the past, children, like infant mortality was like 50%. Yeah. Wasn't it for yeah. like flipping yep. ages? Ages. Loads of people died of just unknown things. They just didn't really know too much about science back then. So yeah, you're probably right. It's probably due to a lack of eggs. It's probably due to increased risk of pregnancy. Um, for the baby and the mother as mm. age goes up. So yep. it's probably like a feedback mechanism to protect yes. from birth going wrong or something impacting the mm. female. But also things just change because we just live longer and longer and longer now. Um, true, true. But this is now why, thankfully, we've got science and medicine to try and counter these things so that we can stay healthier for longer. And now life expectancy um, is increasing. There's going to be people routinely living to 120 years old, maybe older, in our lifetime, literally. Um, because it's the future right now. Mm. Thanks for coming to talk about all this stuff. I really appreciate it. Thank you for it's the opportunity. It's been a great conversation. Yes, it has. I've um really enjoyed it because I always love talking to you. And like I said, if it even helps one person, I'll be really happy. I completely agree. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening as well, ladies and gentlemen. We'll speak to you and we'll see you again soon. Thank Unclip you. Unclip yourself. We're gonna hug.